0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Job Talk, and um, I'm here with Shane Estes, uh, who's in our Tampa office. I'm down in Tampa this week. So, uh, Shane, uh, do you want to give us a little quick intro to yourself? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Uh, I actually grew up in Texas. I
1: moved to Florida in October of 2017, and Spent about 17 years in the retirement industry and, and made a change into the staffing world. So mm-hmm. I, I work as, as you know, Mark, as a account manager. Okay. am yep. fortunate enough to work directly with clients on, on their staffing
0: needs. Very good. And uh, Matt Peel is here as well. Hey, Mark. How are you? Good. So, looks like it stopped raining here in Tampa. So I did. Nice. I brought
2: the uh, the sunshine and the rain went
0: away. Brought the Michigan sunshine. Like the
2: insy-bitsy Spider. Yeah. All right.
0: Uh, so on this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about how to uh, choose the right staffing agency. And we're going to look at it from both angles So somebody who uh, maybe is a candidate out there trying to find a staffing company to help them find a job, as well as a potential client uh, who's looking to get a little bit of help with their hiring. So. What are some of the benefits of uh, working with a staffing agency from if you take it from both sides what are some benefits to working with a staffing company as opposed to going at it by yourself
1: Mark, I would say uh, from the client side, you know the idea of hiring a staffing agency would be to be able to attract more candidates uh, and a lot of that can come from really the, the passive market. everybody can find I, I would suspect the the candidates who have put the resumes out there, but the ability really to for, to have a group that can kind of draw for some people that may be kind of di- dipping their toe in the job market mm-hmm. if you will, and we have the ability to to find those type of individuals mm-hmm. and from the candidates, if it's done correctly, I would say more transparency and uh, being able to get really immediate feedback from the group that you're working with
2: I agree on both fronts obviously from a candidate standpoint, we should function as their eyes and ears for that ideal cultural fit as well as their ideal role you know, what are they looking for in a job versus just going through a job posting that's a one-dimensional representation. Same thing on the client side, right? Sifting through, and we stand up a lot of postings out there, um, and there's a lot of unqualified people that are applying for, you know, high-level IT and engineering jobs, um, and the benefit for our clients are, obviously, we're doing the screening, making sure we're, Screening out on the functional technical side, but more over that
0: cultural fit. Yeah, and I would maybe add to that if somebody's trying to switch careers from something to completely different fields, uh, that maybe working with a, a recruiter or staffing company might be beneficial. On a feeling I would talk to that a little bit.
1: Well, I tell you what, I would agree with that, having been somebody that, that made that switch fairly recently from a brand new career obviously i went into staffing but just having that that type of of support i
0: think could be very very beneficial yeah i agree and uh so probably one of the first questions people will ask um is how much is this going to cost me to get this professional help Uh, i would say from uh, i can cover the on the candidate side it's not going to cost you anything to work with a staffing company for the most part yeah, we'll from a candidate,
2: yeah from a candidate standpoint there never should be a fee in my opinion but i know that some firms do try to charge candidates fees but yeah. um, i would think from a candidate standpoint
0: you should not be and i've heard of this sort of misconception that the staffing company will take a portion of the salary so if you want to maybe talk to that a little bit, but I've heard that mentioned several times from people that think that's how that works. I
2: know, I would, uh, and I know you (laughs) wanna talk on this too, but in in my 25 years, I've never uh, had a customer um, at any one of our locations that have have said, we're reducing your salary by the cost of the the fee. Um, And if you got into a situation, and this is for the candidates where that was the message, I would say that's a buyer beware. Yep. Uh, from a staffing firm standpoint, we partner with our clients. They understand the value is in time and money and speed of process and obviously qualified candidates from using us, but I would certainly say that has never happened in my 25
0: years. So so people are saying that? This- Put that to the side. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's uh, probably not a group you want to stay with.
0: Yep. And on the client side, though, they they're going to probably look at some sort of expense. So, what what could they expect? And what are some things that they should think about as they're comparing different options?
1: So, you know, a lot of that's going to be the market that you're in. Right yep. here, here in the Tampa market, what we're seeing for direct hire yep. is around twenty percent. Is, is okay. Typical. It, it, it's an average, I would say, in the market now. If you're somewhere else listening to this podcast, you may say, "Oh, I'm paying more. Or I'm paying less," and you know it is. It is market dependent, mm-hmm. uh, and, and then really part of the cost also is: are you doing direct hire? Contract has different fee schedules, and you know you should really just become ask the group that is approaching you. Okay, what what they're finding to be? Just be very open with them and upfront. Mm-hmm. This is what you're telling me you're going to charge. Where are you related to the industry
0: around me? Right anything you wanted to add no to
2: I, I I agree right it's uh, it, it's economics 101 is the the supply of these resources and IT engineering and accounting finance continue to dwindle you know the, the fees tend to, to go up yep. uh, you know the days of 35 uh, percent fees I think are gone I think across the country you see more closer to that 25 sure. percent fee is kind of uh, the benchmark um, Retain search, you know, it's 40%, but uh, I agree with Shane. Somewhere in that 20 to 25% is probably uh, more of a national standard.
0: Okay. And uh, are there any sort of red flags or signs that people should look out for when they're maybe talking to a few different staffing companies and one is completely different than the other? What are some things to think about there as far as, you know, warning signs?
1: Well, I think any time fees are involved and coming from an investment environment, it, this is always, you know, really uh, spoke to me, if you will, transparency, right? Anytime a group can't tell you what they're going to charge you for a, a transaction, I mean, this should be decided, really, if you're going into looking for a, a permanent placement position or, or it's a contract, those fees should be outlined. There should really be no ambiguity. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as we say, you you get what you pay for, or if it sounds too good to be true, it may be. We talked about some industry averages. If we know the industry averages in that, you know, or range, if you will, is in that 20 to 25, and someone says, oh, I'm going to do it for for 7% or 10%, or... You, know, you might just want to double-check on that. Take take a look again and, and make sure that you're going to get the type of quality that you're looking for.
0: Yeah, so speaking of quality, what are some things to maybe ask about the quality of the service they're going to receive? What are some specific, specific numbers or, uh, uh, I guess, KPIs that somebody should look at as far as weighing different options?
1: Well, I, I think really depending on the role, right, what, what's – like with anything, the firm you're working with, how long they've been doing it, yep. you know, what what what's the seniority or you know seniority level of the people that you're going to be working directly with? How long have they been doing it, or how long have they been in an industry that would indicate that they'll know what they're doing now? Yeah, you know, um, I think who's going to be your direct contact is always something to ask. Do you have one, or do you get lost in the shuffle? And if you're doing something like IT, Matt, I'm sure you agree, or engineering, as a I believe an engineering guy,
2: um, you know. What's your experience working with these type of roles?
1: Yeah,
2: okay. Yeah, I, I agree. It's uh, it's critical that that the group you're working with, um, the person has been around and and has some experience and knowledge in this area, has uh, some good direct cl- contacts with the end client, not just uh, that spray and pray approach and, and yeah. hope. Right. You'll know right away when you're getting feedback at the preparation stage and getting information about the client before you even authorize them to submit it you'll get a sense that yeah. that person's either trying to maybe find manufacture out. information or they've got their ducks in order about who this customer is
0: right or maybe find out you know how many of your clients keep coming back so some sort of retention level sure. or that kind of number and um, you want to always work with someone that's easy to work with so i think that's something we pride ourselves as we're pretty easy to work with uh, but what are some specific questions maybe to find out to kind of get a like you were talking about i'm going to work with one person i'm going to work with multiple people so what are some things to consider as far as making sure that you're partnering with somebody that's going to be pretty easy to work with and, and get the job done?
2: well first of all i appreciate you saying i'm easy to work with because it's the first time i've heard that about me <laughs> oh i would never i would never say that. yeah i mean yeah. i just i mean other people I'm in stuck. the company <laughs> I agree, I agree. and i think i think the easy to work with or easy to do business with is just the communication yep. um do what you say, say what you do, uh, are going to do, and, and set the table. When should I expect to hear from you? What's the next step in this process? Yep. Asking those direct questions about where things are at and when I should hear back from you are, are, are critical for both sides.
0: Something else that's important, too, is from a company point of view, you might hire for a variety of different types of roles. So what, what are some things that you should ask about as far as what kind of roles the staffing company can help you with?
1: You know, I think a, a very simple one is if, if we're looking for a Java developer, for instance, is, you know, what? when did you guys search for, you know, when was the last time you had a search like this? Have you done searches like this recently? Is there, is there a candidate pool in place? I think just very direct questions. Yeah. Uh, you know, how, how long does it generally take you guys to generate candidates? Are, are you working with a big network, if you are a big pool of candidates prior, or is it like starting from scratch every, every single time you do a search? And some of that's going to depend on not only how long the firm's been around, the type of roles they work on, but what, how they're able to retain that type of information. What their you know technological
2: systems are, if you will.
0: Right. So basically, how, how quickly can we get you yeah. know hit the ground running if if we have our job opening, basically? Yeah. yeah.
2: What's their depth in that particular discipline, and and how comfortable do they feel, uh, in their ability to staff it? Yep. Um, And that's, you know, that's a critical thing from the client standpoint of understanding their depth, what the communication program will look like, and and their confidence level and and staffing the role.
0: Yep. And I think we've talked on previous episodes, too, about how just maintaining a kind of communication, even if you're not hiring at the moment. Uh, So that way we can know, or the staffing company would know if, you know, this particular company might be looking for this kind of person, let's keep an eye open. So as opposed to, hey, we need somebody yesterday and... Fires burning, kind of thing, and you know, coming with an emergency instead of having an open dialogue over time. Yeah, absolutely. our uh, Our most um, Our mo- most storied successes
2: are those that we're acting uh, about talent identifiers for those customers, keeping our eyes and ears open for either functional, technical, um, leadership types of folks, industry, whatever it might be that the client has said to us proactively. Anytime you meet somebody with these types of skills usually it's three or four different criteria, we want to know about them. The part we don't understand is sitting in that executive boardroom, what changes are taking place for their internal staff. And those companies that really are talent-based organizations, talent drivers, will initiate with us always saying, if this skill set comes across your desk with this type of personality, we want to know about them.
0: And same on the the candidate side, even if you're not necessarily out there looking, you know, shoot over your resume and uh, the... Account manager or recruiter might reach out to you if something pops up. That's yeah, so.
2: what Shane talked about earlier is yeah. is just as big of an advocate as we are for the client side, we are for the candidate side. Um, yes, we have an active candidate pool, but we have even a larger candidate pool of people who are gamefully employed who aren't looking on the, the postings or, or LinkedIn and have sat down with us and said, this is my ideal role, this is the ideal target comp, ideal location, ideal industry. I'm going back to work you keep your eyes and ears open and when it surfaces i want to know about it and that's the the biggest advocacy we do for the candidate side as well
0: yep and, and our job board that we have on our website can do a little bit of that as well for people to uh, create a user profile put in all the keywords you're looking for and get some notifications when something pops up that might line up with something that's of interest absolutely yep um and uh, we touched on this next one a little bit as well but uh, is it common for a company or even a candidate to work with one person, or should they expect that they'll work with multiple people? Or what what would be a good? I'm going to say
1: that's going to depend a little bit on the relationship and, and the situation. Uh, you know that the industry tends to be segmented, if you will, between the the recruiter working with the candidate and someone like me working with the client. But to really give great service, that's going to cross over. I, I had several calls today with, with candidates. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have times that that we obviously have our recruiters that that you know the relationship is such with a, with a client that they're going to reach out to them, particularly in absence. So, you know, some of that can work depending on a, if an employer has a particular you know thing that they want you to adhere to. Yep. But uh, I, I think you know a great relationship is going to be flexible in that regard. So no no right
2: or wrong. It's just I, I don't think so. What do you think? Matt? I don't I don't think there's a right or wrong answer on that. I think from a recruiter internal standpoint. For us, anyway, from a business standpoint, is that candidate will work with one recruiter here. We want them to yes. maintain a long-term yep. relationship. But as Shane was saying, um, that candidate shouldn't be sheltered from calls from Shane or myself on the client side to make sure that they possess those attributes that our customers are looking for. Because at the end of the day, you know, where the where the account manager's pieces, the uh, ultimate quality control, ultimate ultimate person deciding how this potential person or candidate may align. Yep.
0: And are there any other common questions that you think people should be asking when they're evaluating different options or companies to work with? It's a tough
2: one. I, I'm going to sit here and give you all the differentiators that we have from a client to candidate standpoint. But ultimately, you know, common sense, the client side What's your depth and expertise in this area? How can you add value? How can you reduce my recruiting costs? How can you reduce my time to fill? Same thing on the candidate side. What is your depth or knowledge in my particular skill set? How can you help me? And that's the question that I think both should start with when they're talking to a staffing firm. How can you help me? Okay.
0: Okay. Did you have anything else? I, I
2: think that I think that's
1: great. That's uh, exactly how I would put it.
0: Okay, perfect. So I think that kind of rounds out the uh, the conversation. So if you are a client looking to uh get some help with staffing just maybe you have some questions feel free to connect with us on our website uh, or you can shoot us an email job talk at impactbusinessgroup.com and uh, as i mentioned earlier all of our job openings are on our website as well at impactbusinessgroup.com we add new jobs daily so feel free to come check them out uh, contact us and uh we look forward to seeing how we might be able to help you out so appreciate your time thank you thank you thank you